Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The Greenville Oaks Church of Christ seeks all who need Jesus and together are becoming His fully devoted followers, encouraging and equipping people to love God, love people, and serve others in an ever-growing way of life. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with lead minister Colin Peck. Well, this morning, uh, I want to remind you of the conversation we started last week. We're in a five-week sermon series called Launching Disciples. And Launching Disciples is a conversation about how we build a launch pad here at Greenville Oaks in the first 18 years of life for our kids and our students so that they can be launched into the world uh, after high school in whatever way that may look like that God calls each one of us. But our goal here is to help parents prepare those kids for that launch because we have a great role as parents as the primary spiritual leaders in our home. But it works much better when the churches at work with parents. And we want to do that. We want to partner with parents and grandparents and all those who are raising kids so that when they leave high school, they don't leave uh, church. And so often that's the case. In fact, last week we talked about naming the problem that one in two of our students in student ministries across the country end up leaving church and end up leaving faith when they leave high school. And we don't want that to be the case. We want to turn those statistics. And that's why our focus is on that during this month. And wasn't our family dedication a great moment? It's a moment for us to join with families and to partner with them. It's a way for uh, parents to commit and say, we want to raise our kids in the way of Jesus. But it's also a way for us as a church to stand up and say to them, "We're, we're standing beside you. It takes a village to raise people of faith. And we want to be a part of that journey with you. I love this Sunday. But the question is, how do we do that? We've made the commitment, but how do we do that? How do we raise followers of Jesus who continue in that path after high school? We're going to talk about that today. Let's pray as we open our time together. God, we thank you so much for your scripture, for your word, for the ways that you have worked in the past and the ways that's recorded for our reading. It is uh, what equips us for the life of faith along with your spirit. But God, we don't just serve a God who worked in the past. We serve a God who is present and moving right now in this place, in our hearts and in the lives of our kids and our students. In fact, summer is one of those moments where big decisions are made from our students. And we pray that you would bless the youth group and our, our kids as they go to learning to lead and all the different camps that are our high school students will go to. May these be summers that are indelible memories where faith is shaped into their minds and their brains, God, and, and it's shown through their lives and their hands as well. I pray that you would allow our kids to lead us in so many ways. I thank you for the ways that during the summer they serve our kids, that, they, that the students in our ministry are, are leaders. This isn't a church of the future. They're a church of the present, and they model for us what it looks like to be people who make disciples, who make disciples. And I pray you'd prepare them for that task for the important work with our kids. But this morning, God, as we talk about the beginning point of faith, as we talk about the start of that launch pad, would you form in us an imagination about how we start these babies from an early age to be strong oaks in the years to come of faith who will stand as a testimony to your goodness for generations that will come long past our time on earth. I pray this morning you'd pour through me the gift of preaching so that Christ would be formed in our hearts it's the name of Jesus that we all pray and all God's people said, amen. Well, in the late 1950s, there was this great space race that happened. And the two primary competitors were the United States and the USSR, the Soviet Union. 
1957, the Soviet Union unexpectedly launched Sputnik, the first satellite into space. So in 1958, the year after, President Eisenhower started what is now known as NASA. And this space race to try to get a man on the moon that would follow in the years to come. In 1959, NASA narrowed uh, that group of people that were interested down to seven uh, interested people who would be training. They were part of this project called Project Mercury. And and Project Mercury had three objectives in in that er, late 50s and then into the 60s. To orbit a manned spacecraft around the Earth. Number two, to investigate a human's ability to function in space. And number three, to recover both man and spacecraft safely. And after we got three chimpanzees back safely from around the earth, we launched Alan Shepard into space for a 15-minute flight. And there were several complications the program had to overcome before we could get a man on the moon, but no failure was seen as failure. And we need to hear that as parents and as those raising kids as well, is every failure was an opportunity to learn and, and to hold on to new things so that we could learn and, and, and learn from those mistakes so that eventually we could get to our primary goal at the end. And sure enough, the Soviets were the first to launch a satellite and human into space, but eventually it was the U.S. who put Neil Armstrong on the moon before the Soviets could do it. And as I think about it, parenting is a perfect parallel to that Project Mercury, the early stages of this uh, journey into flight in space. You know, Holly and I, we have a goal in our lives. Our goal, our vision, our desire that we pray over our kids is God, we, we desire one day that it will not just be our commitment or our dedicating them to God, but one day they will make commitments themselves to follow Jesus boldly. We pray prayers that are scary prayers over our kids because we want to pray over them. God, we want them to be bold men and women of yours. We want them to do things that, that frighten us in their following of Jesus, but we want to be able to release them to that when the time comes. And some of you know what the output of those prayers is. You've seen that in the lives of your kids as they've taken bold steps of faith and made you wonder from time to time. It's a scary prayer to, prayer, prayer to pray, but it's what we want to lift up over our kids. And we do that in private when they're not around us, but we also pray those prayers over them at night because we want them to follow Jesus so desperately. But you don't launch disciples in one day. Parenting is a series of successes and failures. But with the biggest parenting goal in mind, the ultimate goal in mind, it, I think the way it works is it works like a series of small launches before the big launch happens later on. Uh, this is true in a lot of areas in our life. I think God's really gracious to work with us to prepare us for big moments. It's true when it comes to uh, life and death. Like all of us have an appointed day when we'll meet our maker, when death will come, unless Christ chooses to come and return before our own death. But what God's gracious to do is he prepares us for that one day when the big death happens by small deaths that happen along the way. And so when we uh, grow up, there's times where self-sacrifice begins to happen and we experience this. If you've, if you've been married before, you understand that there's a self-sacrifice that happens when we make that commitment. It's a small death along the way with all kinds of joy that comes too, but it's, it's about laying our lives down and sacrificing ourselves. If you've had kids, it's the same way. You take another step and it's self-sacrifice. The, the picture goes off of you at the center and you're trying to put someone else at the forefront and pass faith on. We have all kinds of moments in our lives where death, small deaths, small sacrifices prepare us for the big one that comes. And I think the same is true in parenting. 
Yes, we're all looking forward to this moment where there's, there's a launch that's going to happen, but we have small launches that happen along the way, right? I mean, today, for those who had their babies on stage this morning, you, you experienced maybe one of your first big moments because what we do on baby dedication service, on family dedication Sunday, is we give our children to God. That's what Hannah did all the way back in the Old Testament with Samuel. She was barren and God gives her this child and she dedicates Samuel to the Lord. And I, it's so important to get this, right? Because it can be easy to confuse our kids as if they're our kids, as if they're our possession. Certainly they hold your DNA and they, there's these reflections that they have and you see in their behavior some of the best and worst traits that you have in yourself. But in reality, they have God's DNA in them as well, right? We, we believe that children are created in the image of God. And what that makes us as parents is stewards of one of the greatest gifts that God has ever poured in the laps of human beings. So yes, they look like us, and yes, they bear our image, but they also bear the image of the Father. I love the t-shirts that our volunteers often wear on Sunday mornings, that our kids are, are made in the image of God. All of us are made in the image of God. We bear that likeness. And so as much as those kids are our kids, we're really only stewards for a period of time that are responsible for passing on faith to them before we release them again into the hands of God, who is the ultimate owner and father of these kids. And so baby dedication is a moment. Preschool is a moment. This week, I'm so grateful. I want to say for Greenville Oaks Christian Preschool, for Becky and the work that she does and all the teachers that are here that are represented. Our, our, our uh, youngest daughter is actually graduating this week. She'll come down this aisle in an electric car. That's part of the ceremony every year. And uh, this is our last uh, graduation with preschool. And that's one of those moments where we're we're having a little bit of a launch and then kindergarten comes and that's a launch, right? And then, and then middle school comes and that's another step. And then high school and then dry, you know, driver's license. And actually, let, I mean, there are just these small launches that happen along the way that are preparing us all along the way for the big launch that God wants us to be a part of. But it all starts with family dedication. So that's what today's about. It's about reminding us who these kids are, about being able to release them maybe for the first time back to God and starting that process of trust. And this morning, I want to read to you from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It's a passage that many of you probably heard, but I think it, it probably can be heard in different ways by people in different segments. And I want to talk to each of the generations, each of us who are in this, uh, this church service today and the different places this verse meets us. So I want you to hear and listen again to uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. I had several conversations over the last few weeks about this verse. I was just asking parents and grandparents and young parents about what, what, how do you hear this verse and what does it mean to you and what, what do you think a, the church may need to hear? What do you think a young parent may need to hear about a verse like this? And so I want to say a word to several different generations. First of all, to those who have older kids who are out there, you may hear a verse like this. Let me read it again. Start children off on the way they should go and when they are old, they will not turn from it. It's easy to hear this verse in a way that can sound like a judgment on you as your kids have gone in different directions than you'd hoped that they would. Your children may not seem to be following Jesus. So you hear a passage like this and think, well, obviously, I guess that means I didn't train them right. I must have made mistakes. And I want to say this morning to you, this passage is not meant to be a judgment on your parenting. Because a proverb is a particular kind of literature. 
Remember that the Bible's a library of books. It's made up of history. It's made up of poetry. It's made up of wisdom literature, the gospels, the letters. It's written in all these different genres, and each genre has its own expectations that we bring to it. And and Proverbs are generally true statements about the world, but they're not always true in every situation. Here's what I mean. Let me flip over a couple more Proverbs to Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. It's one of the most bizarre set of verses back-to-back that's in all of Scripture. I've mentioned these to you before. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Well, which one is it, right? What am I supposed to do with a fool? Am I supposed to answer them or am I supposed to not answer them? And and, and the Proverbs remind us that these statements take the wisdom of the Spirit of God that works within them to decide which is appropriate on which occasion. In some situations, you answer a fool according to his folly. In other situations, you, you don't answer a fool according to his folly. I think of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Don't, don't, pass, don't cast your pearl before swine or you'll be trampled, right? I mean, there's, there's principles all throughout Scripture. And, and the Proverbs are these generally true statements. If you do this, it's often the case. But even here in verses 4 and 5, you go, well, which? It can't be both, right? But it depends on the situation. And what we've done with Proverbs 22.6 is we made a rule out of a proverb that is generally true. And what we've done is we use this proverb to do great damage to parents who've done an incredible job with their kids, who prayed over their kids, and it it just hasn't worked out as we'd hoped. And in the end, I want to remind us, we all have free will. When you launch those kids, those kids are going to have a choice about whether those seeds take root or whether they choose to live life another way. And so I want to speak a word for those of you who may feel guilt on a passage like this to say, look, Don't beat yourself up. This is not a statement that is true all the time. It's not a judgment on your parenting. But I also want to say to you and to those who are empty nesters, don't give up on your kids. Like the prayer that my mom prayed early on matters as much as the prayers my mom continues to pray for my faithfulness. The prayer of a a parent is a powerful thing. The prayer of a righteous person availeth much. It's important that we continue to pray no matter how bleak the situation may look because seeds always are buried in the ground before they come to life. So I want to encourage you to pray, keep walking with your kids, no matter what part of the journey they're on. I want to speak a word also to those of you who are in the middle of the mess of parenting. I, I'll raise my hand like that. I know the mess is going to get bigger in the years to come, but I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now. And it may feel like you're doing everything you can do. And I want to say, keep doing it. Do what you can. Train them up. That's what this passage is interpreted as in other translations. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. So pray for them. Train them. Have a plan about what you're trying to do and set out to make the most important things the most important things. But maybe the most important word I could speak to anybody who's wanting to influence a child in the way of Jesus is you've got to model the way of Jesus if you want to pass it on. You cannot out-teach what you're not living out in your own life. And that's a really daunting thing as a parent because, man, we make mistakes. And they see us at our worst moments. And it can be easy to be so hard on ourselves. And I I don't want that to be the place that we go with this. But I want to help you see that the most important thing you can do for the spiritual development of your kids is continue the ongoing development in your own life and journey. Just continue to pursue God with all you have. Let it be fresh. Because if you're pursuing God with all that you have and your kids see the priority, then it's not just words, it's actually actions. And those actions speak louder than words. 
So whatever it is, if your heart's grown cold, or maybe you've just kind of lost the spiritual journey, or maybe you come to church thinking, you know, I don't know if I believe all this anymore, but I sure want my kids to believe this. What I want to tell you is your kids won't have the best chance of believing this and walking in this if you don't find this to be the greatest priority in your life. So we think that's really important. And that's what Wes, I know, would tell you and Samantha would tell you is, and our, our kids will probably only grow to the level of the least spiritually mature parent of the, the parent who's least walking in line with what God wants. So I want to encourage you to take steps yourself to continue to renew that. If you haven't been to a, a marriage retreat or a spiritual retreat in a decade, go, go find ways to find time with God. Make that a priority in your life because your kids are watching. And when you make it a priority, all of a sudden they see this isn't just something we do on Sundays. It's a lifetime commitment. Keep planting seeds. I want to speak a word to the new parents in the crowd. Those who are first-time parents that were on stage and maybe those who have just a couple early on. Your job, as Proverbs 22, 6 says, is to start off a child in the way they should go. Set the trajectory for them to train them in the way of God. Get them started well. And, and what I want to start out with is to say the fact that you're here dedicating your kids to God is a great first step. That's a faithful move. So keep it up. But you live in a world where everything that you do is, is, is judged on social media. You live in a world where there's so many parenting philosophies and disciplined philosophies about how you should carry this out. And, and, and I know we tend to kind of disparage millennials as if they're kind of this, and, and I'm part of this group. So as I say this, I'm speaking for myself as well as a lazy group or a group that tends to not be as loyal to institutions and tends to kind of move around career or job to job. And, and what I want to say is that's been true of every generation, right? I mean, we all have our lazy examples and those that aren't as lazy. And so I think it's easy to be real critical of the millennial generation. But what I want to say is, I, what I'm noticing is I have conversation with millennial parents and Gen X parents is um, there's so much information out there. And there's a desire not to do anything that would mess up this child or protect them in every way possible. And, and we can almost become paralyzed with all the information and all the techniques that we don't do anything or we don't start them on the path. So what I want to tell you is, you're going to make mistakes. And maybe the best thing you can do when you make those mistakes is to apologize because that's setting your kids up to know, hey, mom and dad make mistakes and, and they seek forgiveness and they try to get back on the path, which is an important, as important a lesson as anything you can pass on. But, but don't hold out perfection as the thing that keeps you from the good way of parenting, of starting them up in the right way. All of us in the room who've raised kids can admit we make mistakes. We've made huge mistakes. And what I also want to tell you is utilize the people in this room. I was listening to Deb Tejan, one of our key ministry volunteers with uh, uh, our, our older elementary kids. And she's talking about spiritual development and childhood development and all that goes into that. And she said, two of the most important things that you can do for your kids is to show up to church on a regular basis and to eat around the dinner table. Create and open up opportunities to have conversations with your kids and show them the priority of faith. And part of why you're getting them to church is this. One day, you're not going to have the influence that you have over them right now. They're going to need others in their lives. And the question is, who are those others going to be? Who are the people that they have the closest relationships with? And, and part of being a part of a community of faith is putting them in touch with others that they can build relationships with, that in those years, they may not tell you everything. You know, there are trusted people that they can tell everything to. 
And so church attendance is not just about making God happy or being a part of a duty. Church attendance is part of our commitment to a community of faith, of walking with others. We need others of you to step up and actually be mentors and small group leaders for our students and our children in important ways. Because they need five people that aren't their families alone. And so never think that you're past the point that you can help others in their journey. But to those young parents, I just want to speak that word. Utilize the people in this room. Seek them out. Project Mercury learned from the mistakes of others, learned from the mistakes of what was going on. Failure was never failure. And, and I want to end with this. A few minutes ago, what I said to an older generation is something that I don't necessarily want the younger uh, people to hear. And it, you need to hear it because down the road, you may be facing a similar thing and thinking, did I do it all right? What I'm trying to do is not take the teeth out of Proverbs 22.6. I'm not trying to say it's not true. I'm trying to say it's true most of the time. But what I need to say to some is, look, don't beat yourself up because it's, it's a proverb. It's not always true. There's situations that stand that are outliers to that. But what I want to say to those of you who are young people is there's truth in this statement, which is why it's in scripture. And so it's very important to start your children off in the way of God, because when they are old, the chances are they're not going to depart from it. So as much as I want to caution those who are in a different group to say, don't hear this as a judgment on you. I want to put it out as this important proverb over your life, this wisdom for you to say, and start them off on the right track. Put them in front of people that are going to make a shaping difference in their lives and trust God in the midst of your prayers to raise up disciples who will be faithful in the years to come. This is just the starting point, the launching pad. Next week on Mother's Day, I'm excited to share more about uh, what are the different phases of spiritual development and how does a church walk into that with parents? In in the stage of life that your kids are in, we're going to talk about each of those stages and we'll have classes about that as well next week. And so really want to encourage you, if you're a young parent, you've been here for the dedications, come back next week because uh, you, you need to start looking ahead to what's coming ahead of you so that you can begin to plan. How do we build this space shuttle? How do we build the launch pad for what's ahead? So I'm excited to share more, but I want to close with these words from Proverbs 22, six again, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this proverb, for this wisdom that's been handed on through the generations. I'm grateful that many of us in the room can, um, Tell stories about parents and grandparents who did just that. They trained us. They started us on the path. And you say, God, in another proverb, to trust in you with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. And in all our ways, acknowledge you and you will direct our paths. And that's what we pray over these children today, God. That as we set them on the path, they won't waver and walk off. And when they do find themselves in the gutter, that there'll be others to help them back up onto the path. But we put our trust and our faith in you, trusting that you won't let us wander. And yet, God, so many others of us, we come to faith in different ways. Our, Our parents weren't the ones who started us there, but we are grateful for those who did speak words of hope and faith and love into us that showed us the path, that taught us about Jesus and taught us about this way of faith and life. And some of us are are just starting on this journey. We're wondering if this is the journey for us. And God, I pray that you would show up to each one of us so that we might trust you and find that our paths are made straight. God, we pray over the kids that we have dedicated this morning, the children. For each one, we give thanks as a reminder of the breath that you breathe into each one of us every day. They're miracles, miracles of life that some struggled for years, uh, and you finally, God, brought uh, that gift to them. Others right now I know are struggling 
even in their own place, God, with the loss of a child recently or, or with a longing for one and isn't able to be there. And I pray in both situations, you would provide a gift and joy in the midst of great trouble. But God, we accept these children as gifts from you. And we take joy with these parents at the journey ahead of them. And we pray that we would uh, start them on the right way and you would fulfill your promise. And we pray the same for older kids, God, as those prayers continue that you would not let them stray from the path, that we would be able to write new chapters and see you a part of them in their lives. And we know that you pursue them even now. And I pray that you would do that wherever uh, our adult kids that have wandered off are, God, that you would uh, see them and that you would reach out to them and they would be hearts that are softened uh, to follow you. We pray all this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you in your walk to find real significance in Jesus. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.